Right. Right, this morning we're going to look at the last piece in our series called Pivotal Circumstances. And this is the last one that shows that God uses to grow our faith. Now, when I first saw this, being me, I didn't really know what it meant. So I looked it up in a dictionary. Oh, go back. That's it. Something of critical importance in relation to the development of something. Now that sounded really... Is that better? That sounded really clear to me. I don't think. No, it didn't sound that clear at all. But if you break it down, what it means is that something critical can happen in our lives and that helps us develop our lives. So we are all here this morning, believe it or not, not just because the wind's blown us in, but we are here because of a pivotal circumstance. And I'm probably going to pronounce that different every time I say it, so you'll have to bear with me. So something or someone in our lives helped us to re-engage with God. Because no matter what anyone says outside, you're, not, you're, you're actually someone. Everyone believes there is something. I'm sure of that. But they don't know what until a certain time in their life. Now, this could be that they've fallen in love. Perhaps they've fallen in love with someone that already goes to church or has a faith, and they think, oh, is this me? It's okay, right, I'll ignore it then. Um, is it me? Oh, sorry, let me start again. You fall in love with a person of faith. Perhaps you want to get to know them a bit better, so you think, oh, I know what, I'll go with them. And before you know it, your faith has grown. Or perhaps there's been a birth or a death in your family or a friend, and that starts you thinking, what's it all about? There's got to be more to it than this. Or perhaps it's answered prayer. You know, perhaps... You're walking down the road and you you see a a situation or a situation happens in your life and you think, oh dear, you know, if there's a God up there, please, please help, please do this. Well, whether you know it or not, that's a prayer of faith. But it's prayed with little faith. It's when our circumstances are not very good, perhaps our health or we've got money worries, that we start to wonder is there a God? And all the time in our lives, they're just coasting along, really nice, really good. That sense of need isn't there. So, we have to have a trial in our lives, and that tests the word faith. And faith comes from perseverance. And the perseverance in our faith gives us a stronger faith. So this morning, I want to look at a story in the New Testament where a friend of Jesus was ill. And it's a story of Lazarus. And it can be found in the New Testament in John 11. 
And as we go through the story, there's a couple of points I want to pick out and I want to get you thinking about perhaps not only Lazarus, but where Jesus is in your own lives. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethnal in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So when Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. So how can God be glorified through sickness? It is often when people we know or family are sick that we call on God the most, as I've I've just said before. But there are questions like, why do they have to be sick in the first place? You know, if there's a God, why not make everyone, you know, wow? Why do we have to have sickness? Even someone with little faith will call on this authority and when they don't realize it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Is that what you would have expected Jesus to do? This, This friend, this really good friend of his was sick, was dying. You know, mentality tells you, you're going to rush, you're going to rush, you're going to get there because you want to see them, you want to speak to them. But no, Jesus said, waited. Not just one day, but two whole days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews were there trying to stone you and you're going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk in the daytime will not stumble, for they, will, for they see by this world light. It is when people walk at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Right, so we look at that bit. Would you say that was a, a trust me situation? Trust me, I've got it in hand. There must have been so many questions going on in the disciples' mind. They had already seen what Jesus was capable of. They knew he only had to say the word. So why not say the word then and there, Lazarus, be healed? Because it wasn't time. It wasn't in God's time for Lazarus to be healed. There was something bigger going on in the story. There was a bigger picture. The disciples didn't know that picture yet, but they needed to know, so it wasn't time. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him. His disciples thought he meant natural sleep, So when he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. So that you may believe, 
but let us go to him. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you what you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. This is bigger than having God's ear. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by my believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Jesus wept. The Jews said, see how he loved him. He then went to the tomb where Lazarus' body was and called for him to come out, and he did. Now, that's not the end of the story, so if you want to read a little bit more about Lazarus, then you'll find it in John uh, 16. John 11, sorry. John 11. So this whole story is about one thing. It's, whoops, it's about relationships, the relationship God ha- Jesus had with God, the relationship Jesus had with the disciples, the relationship Jesus had with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. So I want to question you this morning, what sort of relationship do you have with Jesus? Is it an everyday relationship? Or is it a, I'm in a panic relationship, I need to speak to you now, Lord? Whatever your relationship is with Jesus, I just encourage you to continue that relationship. Build on that relationship. Because in that relationship, you will find events, events in your life that Jesus will touch. He will touch But you need to have the faith. You need to have the faith in your relationship with him and the faith in the events that he's creating in your life that it is going to be okay. The event of Lazarus rising from the dead had more effect on people regarding their faith than if Jesus had just said, yeah, go on, get up, you're fine. People see things and believe things with their own eyes. It's a bit like, do you remember doubting Thomas when in the room? He wouldn't believe that Jesus has actually risen until he had actually seen the proof that he had been nailed to the cross. We need to know we don't have to sort out the cause of a situation. How we respond to a situation is how we find ourselves with God. It will determine what we put our faith in and who we put our faith in. My own faith has been made so much stronger over the past few weeks that my relationship with God has deepened, something that at the time I wouldn't have thought possible. My son and his family were in China during the coronavirus They were in a tiny little village south of China, staying with Weeping's family. Now, I firmly believe that God had taken them out of the cities 
taken them as far away as possible and kept them safe. He kept them safe. However, their flight had been suspended and they were told by the foreign office that they should leave China as soon as possible. Easier said than done? Yes, definitely. This involved a two-hour journey from the village they were in and then a five-hour, six-hour journey, train journey to Shanghai, where, unfortunately, due to the time of the flight we could get them on to come home, they had quite a long wait, up to perhaps nine, ten hours. If you ask Daniel, he'll probably tell you it was about 48 hours, because that's what it seemed to him. They were in an airport with a toddler who didn't want to sleep, who wanted to wander off, they were, didn't know what to do. And it was made worse by seeing planes taking off to England every few minutes. And then I had the worst phone call of my life. Daniel rung me. And here I was, thousands of miles away. I couldn't do anything. And I felt so helpless. It was out of my hands, but it was not out of God's hands. Now, he ranted and raved down the phone. It was all my fault. All my fault. He couldn't, they couldn't get on a plane earlier. I knew he was worried. I knew he was scared. I knew he was upset. And I didn't have the words to say to him other than, don't worry, Daniel, it's going to be all right. It's all in hand. I couldn't stay at work, so I came home. And the first place I came to was here. I came to church. Because I feel God's presence here more than anywhere else. And it's here I needed to feel. I needed to be with God. But God is such a great God. He put people around me to hold me, to talk to me to pray with me and some of them sat with me that whole evening just being with me till I knew they were on the plane till I knew that they were on their way home 24 hours later I was cuddling my granddaughter and thanking God for looking after them and I've been thanking him ever since he brought them home, he brought them home safe, he brought them home well, and he's continued to keep them well. And God is like that. He's our father. He doesn't want to see his children suffer at all. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, well, why does he send suffering then? He sends suffering so we can strengthen our faith. We can put our faith in him and know 100% that it's going to be okay. Because there is nothing, nothing God will do to you that he won't give you the faith to make sure it's carried through and it's carried through right. He's here with us now. He's here with us every second of the day. God is most honoured by our faith and our confidence in him. If we don't have confidence in him, 
Just think about the, the, the open question to that. So the point of trust is where things were broken. If we think one thing should happen and God does something different, where's our trust? We might think that, you know, well, you ought to do this, God, you ought to do that. But if he's not ready to do it, believe me, he won't. He has other plans, bigger plans. So in bringing this series to a close, we need to remember the five steps. Stay in an environment of practical teaching. Be intentional and available relationally, relationally, providentially relationships. Stay involved in spiritual disciplines. That's your private disciplines. Step out and serve your personal ministry. And look for God in the pivotal circumstances of life. God won't leave you to deal with any situation on your own. There's only one thing he ever asks from us, and that is to trust him, to put our faith and our trust in him. And the more we put our trust in him, I can guarantee every single one of you, your faith will grow until you say, wow, look how far I've come just by trusting in God. Shall we pray? Oh, Heavenly Father, you're such a mighty, mighty God, Lord. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being there in all the circumstances in our lives. We just trust everything to you, Lord, knowing that you have it all in hand. From the smallest detail in our lives to the huge big ones. I just, we just hand it all over to you this morning, Lord. Amen. And before we sing our last song, can I just encourage you that if there's anything you'd like to be prayed for this morning, please come to, come to the front. And one of uh, the, the deacons or myself will pray for you. Because it is important. We need to continue to build our faith. But build our faith together. Thanks, Ria.